0: The show you love with even more local local news news and more local talk. talk. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIB here's your host Mike Douglas
1: and a wonderful afternoon to you here on Thursday August 4 can you believe we're in August I am still stuck back in October somewhere I think welcome to the Mike Douglas show Mike Douglas here your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the big topics of the day and rationally reasonably and respectfully discuss them that's our mission here to be live and local and what a privilege it is to be be with you 3 to 5 p.m. here Monday through Friday on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Top uh, top of the news at the moment this in about 11 minutes ago police in Bloomington, Minnesota say that uh, there may be an active incident at the Mall of America. You ever been there? Quite impressive. Apparently, there's an active incident inside the Mall of America, they say, on the northeast side. Numerous officers are on scene. Uh, Bloomington police not providing any other information at that point. Uh, a couple of Twitter posts saying uh, it could be an active shooter. I'm not sure. Uh, looking at a, uh, uh, a video someone apparently on a cell phone. You never know. Uh, But anyway, there's a possibility of uh, an incident, Uh, a lot of chaos and confusion, apparently, at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. Again, the police department there about, uh, oh, 12 minutes ago now, saying that they are working in active incident and no no updates uh, at this point. And if we get any information on that, we will let you know. Now, why am I even bringing that up? Bloomington's a long way away. Well, I shared with you our, our adventure, my wife and I, in coming home from a conference last week and how we wound up at Love Field in Dallas. And I'm coming off the plane, and there's a, a gal capping off rounds into the ceiling of the Southwest Terminal, an active shooter situation. I don't need to rehearse that. I've spent enough time on it. But the point is, and I made the point on Tuesday... Uh, whenever I returned, that we must mentally prepare for contingencies. If we don't think about these things, we we won't react with any type of strategy. And it is important to react with some type of strategic thing in mind. What would you do, for example, if you're at, uh, oh, let's say the Arden Fair Mall, uh, in, uh, in Sacramento, or you're at uh, the mall in uh, Modesto, or wherever, and there's an active shooter situation, what are you going to do? And it's worthy of our time, in our private time, to think through that. What am I going to do? My suggestions are put away your cell phone and be, have, have, a, have an acute sense of situational awareness. What's going on around me? what do I know to be true? And the problem is in these types of incidents, everybody and their mother gets on their cell phone and they start uh, posting on social media what they think is going on. Can't be trusted. You really have to go to the sources. That's why we're relying upon the Bloomington police uh, for information on this. But it is, uh, it, it's worthy of our time. Nobody expected to have an active incident, whatever it may be, at the Mall of America this morning, but sure enough, there is one. I'd, we didn't expect getting off the plane in Love Field uh, about a week ago that there would be an active incident, uh, an active shooter. Didn't expect that at all. So it's important that we think about it ahead of time. And again, a couple of suggestions from me. If it's right in front of you, 911, describe what's going on. Otherwise, put the cell phone away. Don't try to record it. Don't try to call Aunt Sally and let Aunt Sally know what's going on because you don't have the full view. And uh, that's how a lot of bad information gets out there. So uh, to begin with, uh, I recommend call 911 if, if you can help with that, if you can't put the cell phone away, put the cameras away, and watch very be attentive to what's going on around you. A lot of people say, you got to run. I don't believe running is a good idea because it, it blinds you. It creates tunnel vision. You have to decide where the threat is, what's going on, what's really going on. And that means you have to be watching and listening very carefully to what's going on. So just my encouragement to you, like the folks that wandered into the Mall of America today, it pays to, in advance, think through what you would do in the event of an active shooter or a, a natural disaster, uh, whatever it might be. Again, we'll keep you updated if we get any more information on that, uh, let you know what's going on. And uh, in Russia, as you may have heard, WNBA star Brittany Greiner has received her sentence. She was found guilty on drug charges by a Russian court, and she has been sentenced to nine years in prison. President Biden reacting to it, he called it unacceptable and said Russia should release her immediately. I'm sure Russia is quaking in its boots uh, with that. Uh, He said, uh, the president, my administration will continue to work tirelessly and pursue every possible avenue to bring Brittany and Paul Whelan home safely as soon as possible. Uh, If you remember, uh, Paul Whelan is a businessman, former Marine, and uh, he was accused of espionage. And uh, he was, um, let's see, when was he arrested? He was taken in in 2018 for alleged uh, spying. I think it's a 16-year sentence, if I remember correctly. The lawyers for uh, Brittany Griner say, obviously, they think uh, they're very upset by this. If you remember, Griner, who's 31 years old, has been detained for nearly six months now. And authorities said they found a vape cartridge with hashish oil in her luggage. A couple of comments about this, a, cu- a couple of observations. Uh, well, I'll, before I do that, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby weighing in, and he is citing a prisoner swap that they suggested. He says that remains on the table. Uh, the U.S. would offer uh, a uh, convicted Russian arms dealer, in exchange for Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan. It's not Whelan, it's Whelan. Uh, again, a former U.S. Marine. He's been in Russian captivity since 2018 for alleged spying. I, I don't think that Russia is quaking in its boots over Tony Blinken either. So Griner pleaded guilty last month. I don't know that uh, what, uh, whether, what other option did she have? Here you're in a a country where freedoms like we used to have, and I'm saying we used to have because I think a lot of the folks that are being convicted of January 6, 2021 crimes are unjustly being sentenced. I think there is a two-tiered justice system at work there. And Anyway, so I, I say that in a justice system that we used to have in the United States of America, uh, that uh, we, she would have been treated differently, obviously. In Russia, they don't have the rights that we have, or at least we used to have. And what are you going to do? You're in a foreign country that's really a, a communist country. And what, are you going to say, no, I didn't do it and risk being locked up for life? Well, of course. You're going to uh, kneel before the court and say, "Yes, I'm I'm guilty," and uh, and hopefully that you receive some type of grace from the court. I think from the very beginning this has been political, and Russia is taking advantage of it. Russia not liking our response, obviously to their invasion of Ukraine. And uh, we rightly ought not to be happy about their invasion of Ukraine. But the problem that we have right now is that we don't really have anybody in Washington, D.C. with an ounce of command presence. Do you think? Does President Joe Biden have command presence? No. No, I'm not being mean, just calling it like it is. He doesn't have any command presence. Does the vice president does Does she have any command presence? No, she has that giggle laugh thing, and she's good at putting a lot of words together, but no, no command presence. Does Vice President Harris? What about uh, Tony Blinken, National Security uh, Secretary of State? Tony Blinken? No, no. How about the, our National Security? Director, no, no, not really as well. No, nobody in the world is quaking in their boots because of statements that come out of Washington D.C. Are they afraid of? Uh, well, are, are are they afraid of Nancy Pelosi? No, no, no command presence there. So I, I, th- I think from the very beginning, they, uh, they, being Russia, pushed the envelope on purpose. And they, whether or not she actually had that trace amount, maybe did. You never know with Russia. Was that planted? Was it a setup? We don't know. And Brittany Griner is saying, well, yeah, I had it. Well, of course she's going to say that while she's in the custody of a place that could make her go away for the rest of her life. Do you blame her for saying, yes, I had it? Apparently, now she's saying that a doctor or doctors had prescribed medical marijuana or hashish oil, apparently, uh, in order for her to deal with some of her issues. To uh, take that into Russia to not check your bags that carefully? Does Brittany Griner have, um, have some uh, investment in her own consequence here? Yes, absolutely. Should uh, the United States of America leave her there? No, I, I don't think so. We, we just don't do that. Again, we come back to principle. Now, if she was engaged in uh, espionage, well, yeah, we probably should still try to get her back. She's an American. But in this case, I think it's been political from the get-go. Maybe a setup. We don't really know. We may never know. I'll have some more observations on that. Brittany Griner again found guilty on drug charges, sentenced to nine years in prison in prison in Russia, and I'll come back and have a few more observations about that and about the proposed exchange of Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan. For a mass murderer and a uh, arms dealer, we'll talk about that in three minutes. Coming up here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk thirteen sixty KF five Before we get there, by the way, well, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, here's something that we ought to remember as well as rising interest rates are slowing home price growth, but uh, it is. But you can still get top dollar for your home right now with Dan Phipps. Maybe you want to move closer to work. Are you in a situation like that where you're a long way from work? You'd like to move closer, especially with gas prices, but don't think you can afford it? Well, listen, you should call the agent I trust His name is Dan Phipps. Dan guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value or he'll sell it for free. He'll maximize your sales price, putting you in complete control. I love that. He even finds you a a new home before you move, if you'd like him to. Now, Carrie in Oakdale reports uh, she was moving out of state for a job and wound up uh, with two mortgages, needed to uh, fix that situation. And she said that Dan handled everything while she was away from staging to open houses and... He sold the property in a few days for almost $50,000 more than expected. Kerry says, Dan's the man. Well, I agree. Dan is the man. And he's the man I recommend, and he guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. So call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S, Dot com. I'll be back in three minutes. We'll continue to talk about the Brittany Griner case here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: Take The Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on this Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, you've been monitoring that story at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. Uh, Fox 9 now reporting from Minnesota that apparently uh, there was a video from inside the mall, and they say you could uh, clearly hear shots fired from outside the Nike store there. Uh, we've been monitoring the uh, Bloomington Police Department uh, for 30 minutes. They have not provided any additional information. So I just want to keep you up to date on that since we uh, brought that up at the beginning at the top of the show today. been talking about Brittany Greiner, and uh, she's been convicted of uh, drug charges by a Russian court sentenced to nine years in prison. What do you think we ought to do? What do you think the United States of America ought to do? 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. I always like to apply the Douglas Law of reverse application in these circumstances. If I was in Russia, now I would not be carrying any vaping equipment, and it sure wouldn't have any traces of hashish oil in it. But let's say they decided to make an example of me for some reason and they mm, planted something on me or whatever. I would sure want the United States of America to do whatever it could to get me home. I think we have that responsibility around the world. Now, for the past uh, 18 months to 24 months, do we have a good track track record on that? Absolutely not. Simply look at Afghanistan. Uh, the promise that we would not leave Americans there. We left Americans there unprotected. We uh, did a miserable job as the United States of America under the Biden administration of handling that particular situation. I think Russia looks at this and sees it as an opportunity. Again, she may well have had that. Was it planted by the Russian authorities? Don't know. We may never know. Until or if she gets back and can tell us what the real story is. Uh, But let's say it's correct that she had that trace amount, going to spend nine years in a Russian prison for it. I think, I believe that Russia knows that the United States of America is not going to let a high-profile female African-American athlete to uh, rot away in a Russian prison for nine years. I just don't think they think that's going to happen. And I, I think the fact that they have early on proposed uh, or have received a proposal to have this murderous arms dealer uh, released from the U.S. as an exchange for the other two, for Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan. Uh, apparently, Russia is not proceeding on any type of exchange at this point. They may be just waiting For a dramatic pause, I don't know. I don't believe they actually want her to be sitting in their prison. I think they want some type of way to to cast the United States of America and the Biden administration as a marionette uh, for which they can pull strings and make the U.S. dance to whatever tune they want the United States of America to dance to. Is it a fair exchange? Huh. So we have a murderous arms dealer in exchange for a basketball player and a former Marine. I I don't know. Again, I don't know that that's the overriding point to me. I do believe any time we have Americans behind enemy lines, and Russia is an enemy. Let's, let's not be uh, unreasonable about that. Let's be truthful. China, Russia, russia they're enemies. Uh, anytime we have Americans behind enemy lines, we need to do what we need to do to get them out. Now, the problem is, as I mentioned before, I don't see any command presence in Washington, D.C., Nobody that stands with courage that would even cause Russia and or China to think twice about making foolish moves. I, I just don't think they, uh, they see the United States of America as a particular threat. I don't think uh, they care, really, uh, what we think. I think they care about whatever they p- plan that they have to offer. What do you think? 209-551-3483. Should we do whatever we can to get Brittany back and Mr. Whalen? or should we leave them there? 209-551-3483. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out. I think, let's say, let's fast forward here. I was going to say, let's fast forward the tape. We don't do tape anymore. That kind of dates me into early radio and television days in my training, let's fast forward digitally and say Brittany Griner is released. And so is Paul Whalen. And what for whatever deal is struck, whatever it might be. And they are returned to the United States of America. I believe that Brittany Griner ought to suffer some consequences for causing an international incident. I really do. Now, what are you talking about, Mike? I think at the very least, her passport should be revoked immediately and for, I don't know, how about nine years? I don't think we let her outside the U.S. again. If it is true that she had that hashish oil in a vaping device, then she obviously doesn't have the common sense that's needed to represent the United States of America as an athlete in any other foreign country, and I would be highly in favor of, yeah, get her back, and immediately revoke her passport. I'm sorry you're not leaving the boundaries of the United States of America anymore to pursue your fortune. I'll be back in five minutes. Much more to uh, talk about... The new San Francisco District Attorney. Interesting stuff happening there. Back in five minutes. Mike Douglas Show. The Mike Douglas
0: Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show. The Voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show We're here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. Uh, a couple of news items today. We're still monitoring that situation at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. Uh, let, let me. We'll get back to Brittany Brittany Griner in just a second. But let, let me say this uh, to anyone who may be involved in public information, especially with governmental agencies. Now, the Bloomington, Minnesota, Police Department, let's see how many minutes ago, 40 minutes ago, put out a tweet. We're, going, we're currently working an active incident inside Mall of America on the northeast side. Numerous officers are on scene. We will update when we have more information. Now, that goes out all over the world. Forty minutes later, there's no update. In 40 minutes, there must be some kind of an update. Fox 9 is uh, saying that from a video inside the mall, you could hear shots fired from outside the Nike store. All right. So Bloomington, Minnesota, public information officer for the police department or the city, whatever it might be, needs to uh, confirm or deny or say we still don't know. But it is totally, to me, unacceptable to put out a tweet about an active incident, say you're going to update it when you have more information and 40 minutes later have uh, have nothing to show for it. Are there people down? There are relative. There, there are folks out there who are reading this or they're watching the... Uh, The Fox 9 television uh, reports on this, and they see people running, and uh, it looks tense. They're wondering, gee, my brother Paul went there to visit a store. How do I know if he's okay? Are there people down? Was there a shooting? What do we know about it? When you put out information like that, it is irresponsible not to follow up on your commitment for an update. So, Bloomington PD need to get, if you're going to tweet about it, if you're going to make a social media post about it and promise that you will update when you have more information, need to do that. Need to do that. I say that with some sense of authority. I actually went through public information officer training uh, with the FBI. I was not with the FBI, but I went through their public information officer training. Now, this was way back before social media. I We might have had email at that time. I don't, maybe it was just, uh, well, what's email? It was just something that was there. We weren't it wasn't the, the main thing it is today. But anyway, I went through it, and it, it was an eye-opener for me. I learned a lot. I learned about, a lot about how, how to avoid being manipulated by the press, how to avoid being manipulated by bystanders, how to not get yourself into trouble with things that you say. Uh, make sure you never, ever, ever lie publicly or to the press. That's just unacceptable and when you make a commitment to update you make the commitment to update so bloomington pd i've got to tell you very disappointed in whoever is handling your uh, pio uh, responsibilities uh, it's now 47 minutes since that initial tweet all right it's just in in our elect in our electronic world When we have instantaneous communication, for government there comes with that instantaneous technology a measure of responsibility to handle it effectively, well, and as I said, in a responsible manner. We saw that not happening in Uvalde, and and look, sometimes it's because people are inexperienced. They uh, they haven't been through uh, an incident like this before. Here in California, RPIOs are generally very, very, very good, very good because they're trained properly. In other places around the country, not, not so much. So I'll I'll quit uh, my I'll quit beating up on Bloomington PD about their public information here. Now I want to get back to uh, Brittany Griner. So here she is, been sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison. And I don't see anybody with an ounce of command presence in Washington, D.C. that would pose any type of a major threat uh, to the Russian government. I think right now uh, Russia basically uh, psychologically is in charge. So the question is, let let me put it this way. Let's say you're the president of the United States of America. How hard would you fight to get Brittany Greiner back? How far would you go to get her back? Would you trade the arms dealer, the international terrorist for Brittany and this Paul Whelan, ex-Marine, got detained in 2018 for espionage? Would you agree to that? If you were the president, would you, how, how, far would you, how far would you go? How hard would you fight for it? Would you just say, well, let me make a suggestion, or would you press Mr. Putin, international leader to international leader? Would you get on the hotline there and say, look, Vlad, it's, it's time that we have a serious talk because there are going to be consequences for your actions here. To leave her there for nine years? No. Now it might change it if they said, well, she's been here for what, six months or so? We're gonna keep her for another month or two, then uh, we will release her. Yeah, that's a different we're talking about nine years for a high profile athlete. Now you say, Well, Mike, really, isn't it her fault? Well, I would say, yes, she has some responsibility here. But still, this is the United States of America, and we have a reputation for not leaving Americans behind enemy lines, no matter how foolishly they may have acted. So what would you do? What would you do if you were the President of the United States regarding Brittany Griner? 209. Five five one three four eight three. Our number two zero nine five five one three four eight three. I think one of the things that that we need to do when we're discussing this is remember we are not comparing apples to apples. We're comparing apples to oranges or whatever their best. All right, we're we're comparing apples to vodka. How about that? I mean, there there's two major things. American is apple pie so let's, let's let's compare apples to vodka. remember that the laws in Russia, the judicial system is not like here. We tend to often overlay our expectations of the way we operate or at least the way we should operate on foreign entities. No no Russia what one phone call from Vladimir Putin, could put Brittany Griner and possibly Paul Whelan back on airplanes back to the United States of America. All he has to do is make a phone call or whatever he does, email, sends a message, and it's done. It would not be like that here because, uh, if, well, for example, if we trade this uh, Russian terrorist arms dealer, there are some machinations that have to happen. It's we we don't in in Russia, that's not that way. so i'm 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 of the belief that we should do what we can to get her back. But let's say let's fast forward again and say we get her back. I do believe there ought to be consequences for her. i I don't think that she can come back here and have absolutely no consequence we're doing something that was very foolish. say, well, it was unintentional. Well, if it was unintentional, it was foolish unintentional. Anytime that I've flown internationally, go through our bags with a fine-tooth comb, and we make sure there's nothing, absolutely nothing in there that might tick off a foreign government. We've traveled to Eastern Europe. We've traveled to China. Traveled in the in the the back farm country of, of China, and believe me, when you're on foreign soil like that, especially when there are uh, communist-type governments in charge, you watch your Ps and Qs. You're aware of the laws there or the lack thereof. You're you're aware of the possibilities, the dangers that are there. Obviously, Brittany Griner didn't give much attention to that. So when she comes back. I'm thinking she must have some type of consequence. I'm assuming that she was going to be paid to go play basketball in Russia. And so, again, my, my offering to this is if, uh, if she does come back anytime soon, that we revoke her passport immediately. You don't go outside our borders anymore. That was a foolish—if it was a mistake, it was a foolish mistake— if you did it intentionally, then it was just plain foolish. What do you think? Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Do you think President Biden is a aware of it and B? And I'm not. I, I'm being serious. Is this on? Is is Brittany Griner on his mind right now? Do you think now that he's read the the teleprompter, or is his mind on other things? What about Blinken? What about, uh, and the press secretary, God bless her, she just, if it's not written down, just can't deal with it. Again, I, I think the problem for us right now is there. there's nobody with command presence in Washington, D.C. to stand up to Russia, to stand up to Vladimir Putin and have some sort of rationale for saying you need to be worried about our response to this i don't think russia is worried an ounce about our response to this i and again i think from the very get-go this is probably uh, a political uh, political move all right coming up in three minutes as you know chase bodine was recalled as the da in san francisco and I've just been watching with interest this uh, D, new DA, Brooke Jenkins. What she's, what is she going to do? How is she going to operate? So we'll uh, we'll keep uh, our eye on uh, the Mall of America in Minnesota. What's happening with Brittany Griner? And I'll tell you about uh, what's happening with DA Brooke Jenkins in San Francisco as well. All that coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, and streamed on the iHeartRadio Radio app.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, among other things, we've been talking about Brittany Greiner, uh, convicted of uh, drug charges in Russia by a court there, sentenced to nine years in prison. Let's get your reaction to my reactions to that and uh, what what you would do if you were the President of the United States. Our phone number, 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Let's go to Modesto and Nick. Nick, welcome. What are your thoughts today?
2: Um, I can respect your, your opinion on this, Mike, but, um, as a taxpaying citizen, um, and have traveled abroad, she's an adult. She knew what the consequences were. Um,
1: and if we
2: bail her out, um, uh, we can't punish her when she gets here. because She hasn't committed any crimes in the United States. So that would be a Appeals immediately so my thoughts are you go to another country um, you have to obey their laws no matter what the consequences are the the kid in singapore that um vandalized and there was all of the outcry for him because it was inhumane to cane him that's their uh um, criminal punishment, um, in Singapore. And I guarantee if you asked that kid, if he would, uh, vandalize something over there again, you know, he would say no. So I, I think we just have to be responsible for our own actions. I don't think the president should be getting involved. It, um, has nothing to do with diplomacy. It has something to do with people from America have this cavalier attitude that, They're Americans. They don't have to obey the law because, let's face it, half the time they don't obey the law here, even though this isn't illegal here in the United States now.
1: That's a good point, Nick. Do you remember that book that came out? Oh, man, it was uh, either during or right after the Vietnam War called The Ugly American. Remember that at all? Anyway. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it and and this this reminds me of that whole theme, and, and you bring up an interesting point, and that is the personal responsibility that we have when we are traveling internationally, to be sensitive to the local culture, the local laws, etc. Uh, I think you use the word cavalier. I like that. Uh, I think. Probably Brittany Griner had a cavalier attitude about this. I'm, I'm a basketball star and, uh, so I'm going to take a lax attitude about coming here. Never probably thought that she would have been arrested for that. Uh, another point you made, I think is good. And that is that if, uh, if she does, if she does come back here to the United States of America, she's violated no laws here. I agree with you about that. Uh, I don't know that you have to break a law to have your passport yanked. I, here's here's my rationale on that, uh, Nick, and that is if if she indeed comes back, it's going to take thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm thinking it's going to take uh, hundreds and hundreds of man hours. It's going to take a lot of negotiations. It's going to take. Uh, it's going to expand a lot of political capital. And she ought to have some consequence for that. And my thought is yank her passport because she's been irresponsible in using it. I don't know if that's legal or not, but that's, uh, that's, that's my thought. But I find your, your, uh, your argument interesting. Interesting. So you're, to sum up, your viewpoint is she should have understood the consequences and uh, should should pay her uh, dues in terms of nine years there. Is that. Is that right? Uh,
2: absolutely. And okay. she makes a salary um, probably more than you and I and half of your listeners combined. Um, and she's trying to get um, the, the U.S. taxpayer to bail her out. Um, I understand that there was a GoFundMe account Um, if she wants to say, get out of jail free in Russia, then she should be able to pay for it herself instead of having you and I, and and the rest of your listeners pay for it.
1: I, uh, I, I would agree with you on that as well. Nick from Modesto. Nick, good call. Good, good thought provoking ideas there. What do you think? Nick, Nick saying, look, uh, the, too many Cavalier Americans traveling abroad, and she may be one of them. Nick's in favor of saying, well, let her pay the price of uh, the law that she uh, allegedly broke, nine years in a Russian prison. What do you think? Uh, do you agree with Nick that uh, she ought to just stay there and that United States of America should just uh, leave her there and, and deal with the issues that we need to deal with? This is an interesting thought. 209-551-3483. Our number here. 209-551-3483. I don't mean to be switching gears real here very quick. I don't mean to be beating up on the Bloomington Police Department. But this their their communication with the public on Twitter is 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 horrible. It really is. An hour ago. We're currently working on an active incident inside the Mall of America on the northeast side. Numerous officers are on scene. We will update when we have more information. That was an hour ago. Seven minutes ago, Mall of America is in the process of lifting the lockdown. Well, why? Why was there a lockdown? What, what was the lockdown for? And then two minutes ago, once the lockdown is lifted at the Mall of America, the mall will be closed for the evening. Why? What was what was the incident? The nature of the incident so that you had a lockdown? Number 1, and number 2, why are you closing the mall for the rest of the evening? Is it because there's a police investigation? Is it because there are dead bodies in there? Is it because you don't know what's going on? This is just absolutely poor communication. I just, I'm appalled at this. I really am. And again, if Bloomington PD doesn't want to put out information, if for some reason they want to guard it, fine. Put that out that way. At this time, we are unable or uh, unwilling, however you want to phrase it, We are are, uh, not being able to give you any information at this time. And by the way, if you're a PIO, if you're the public information officer, whether it's for your service club or a police department, when you promise to come back with more information, you come back. With more information. Well, we'll be talking more about PIOs and Brittany Griner and what's going on with the DA, the new DA in San Francisco. All that coming up in five minutes after news, weather, and traffic here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: Issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now, every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Thursday afternoon. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation, as we head into hour number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Among the topics we've been talking about today, Brittany Greiner uh, from the WNBA uh, has been convicted of uh, drug charges in Russia, sentenced to nine years in prison. And we've been talking about what should we be doing? as the united states of america what should president biden be doing what might you and i do if we were president and what type of uh, consequences should she face when she's back here Uh, assuming that she gets back here to the united states of america a lot of things to think through on this our phone number 209-551-3483 Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Let's go up the road a piece to Manteca and James. James, welcome. What are your thoughts today, James?
3: Yes. Well, well welcome back, Mike. Um, I think uh, t- making that trade for that criminal guy here in the states—if we made the trade—I think there would be some uh, Johnny Cochran or no, he's a good guy, I guess, but an Al Sharpton uh, type lawyer or Jesse Jackson. She would hire them of some sort or somebody of that caliber, um, take it for good or bad, and get her off that nine years. So I don't know if that's a good deal. There should be more thinking about that. But we as Americans, we like to protect our people. Mm-hmm. But why I called too was do you know? I understand she bad mouthed the United States. And we don't hear that brought up very much. I heard one of the talk show hosts on uh, TV talk about that. Do you know if she did?
1: Uh, I don't have specific, specific incidents uh, that I know about James. I do know in general, apparently, she has made some untoward comments uh, in the past. Uh, I don't know what they were, so I can't say without authority, but I, I have heard I, something I heard- along those lines, yes.
3: Yes, I heard she said, I don't ever want to go back to the United States. It's a terrible country, and and I don't know if she said, I'm going to stay here in Russia. But aside from that, something very important. Do you know if any of the billionaires like Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, um, the guy of Amazon, do they give any money to the police department? I mean, they should buy them helicopters, police cars, anything they want, because they would be the first to call if they were ever hijacked or or uh, driving down the street and somebody just jumps out in front of them, pulls them over. Um, Do you know if they give money to the police?
1: I I don't know that they do that. I think, and and let me just comment on that very briefly. The problem with that, James, is it looks like a bribe. And, uh, that yeah, I mean, it's even to the point of uh, cops, when they pull up to a fast food place, uh, and I remember this from way back when uh, we would be offered free food and, and because they not because they wanted something in exchange, but they were saying, we want to thank you for the great job you do. And, you know, here's your hamburger for free. And, and we'd have to say, no, I'm sorry. Uh, we can't accept that. They don't allow us to do that. Really appreciate it. But I, I, I must pay for my food. Uh, so there even on that some level, way
3: they could, police could get money. What's that? There's got to be some way that the police could get money uh, from the billionaires. Whether they, I don't, I, I think maybe some would want to give it to them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Something passed.
1: Usually, the the big money comes through uh, federal uh, and or state grants, and uh, of course, that's uh, that's all of our money. I don't know about sponsoring. Like a helicopter or something. I really don't know, James. But the uh, sure. the, the you know the the problem involved in that is uh, a tit for tat thing, so to speak. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, well, look at at uh, uh, Mister Pelosi gets pulled over, right, and uh, for yeah, uh, for exactly. driving under get the out influence. Of the jail card. Yeah, so he pulls out a card, expecting that. Well, I hope I can maybe get off. Uh, you know from being arrested for this by showing them that i that I contribute to charities and uh well that that obviously and it should not work you you should not be able to no. uh, to do that yeah. James, good points. And one of his
3: cherries Napa Valley.
1: Thank you. Yeah, there you go. James, thanks for the call. Appreciate that very much. James from Manteca. Let's uh, go now uh, back to the phones, 209-551-3483, talking about Brittany uh, Griner and the situation there, sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison. Let's go to the cowboy capital of the world, Oakdale, California, not too far away, and Kathleen. Kathleen, welcome. What are your thoughts today?
4: Uh, hello Mike. Uh I see my thoughts are that I agree with uh Nick saying that uh Brittany Greiner is an adult and she knows what she is doing and uh I also agree with you that there uh, if she does get ret- returned to the United States um that uh there should be some consequences for her but um I just want to say that all that agreement is just really a segue to I have a conspiracy theory about it and um, the conspiracy theory is simply that the K G the Russian K G B has hired her to uh, seek the release of uh, this uh, murderous arms dealer. Wow! It, it, the K G B is a master of deception. There's a book written that called Master of Deception. It's about and so this is just their ordinary, everyday master of deception ploy to hire Brittany uh, Griner to. Uh, win this release of their murderous arms, and that if I were president, I would say um, a bad character pursues the release of a murderous arms dealer, whereas a good character pursues the release of a basketball player and former marine. Mm. And if I were president, I would actually pursue the release of Brittany Griner, and um, and I would not um, uh, charge her with anything, or I would presume her innocent until she's back here at home and uh, we find out otherwise. Yeah, and uh, I I think... Because if she did, it was in fact hired by Russia. There should be consequences for being hired. But I would just presume she's innocent, and I would just say, hey, I'm going to have the good character, and I'm going to pursue her coming back home.
1: Yeah, uh, thank you, Kathleen. Uh, Some good points there. I I like your creativity. I like your creativity about the conspiracy theory. And maybe you ought to sell that to a hollywood producer that that sounds to me like it would be a great movie really and uh, you know that it's it's the russian secret police that are actually behind this and they set all this up in order to uh get their uh, murderous arms dealer back from the u.s so uh, that's that's i like creativity uh i don't know whether that's uh, reality or not, but I love the creativity involved. Uh, Kathleen, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, by the way, friends, I want to, again, maybe uh, round out our, our thoughts about this uh, uh, apparent, alleged uh, shooting at the uh, Mall of America in uh, Bloomington, Minnesota. Fox 9 is reporting apparently there were some shots fired uh, however, no injuries at this point, and the suspect apparently fled the mall on foot. And officers are in the process of interviewing witnesses and such. So, uh, as of um, oh, at least a half hour ago, the they say uh, a victim has not been located. So I would assume that there are no injuries uh, at this point. So there we go. Again, uh, just, a, just a lesson learned. If, if you're the spokesperson for any type of organization, uh, take some lessons learned from Bloomington PD today. If, if, you, if you promise to come back with, with details, you come back with details. And always think about the details you are providing if your details provide and provoke more questions because you left so much out, there's a problem with that. Anyway, just something to think about. Never lie in front of the press or on social media because it will come back on you. And if you promise to provide details, come back and provide those details. It's just absolutely uh, important for your own credibility so uh, there we go uh when we come back in three minutes i do want to talk about the new san francisco district attorney brooke jenkins i like what i'm seeing here and i'll share it with you in three minutes here on the mike douglas show on power talk 1360 kfiv Follow
0: us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360KFIV.
1: Yeah, let's get social and get the conversation going again here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360KFIV. Turning our eyes uh, to the west just a little bit towards the coast and the Bay Area. Uh, Brooke Jenkins is the new San Francisco District Attorney uh, appointed by the mayor. There, her name is Brooke Jenkins, and I've been very uh, I've been watching with some interest to see what's what's going to happen there. Well, she she is pulling back more than thirty plea offers that she thought were too lenient for defendants accused of selling fentanyl. And uh, this, this is in a direct, almost 180 degrees opposite of what Chesa Bodine was doing. Uh, she made this announcement yesterday as she laid out uh, some new policies that uh, she intends to implement to crack down on the drug epidemic that's decimated especially that Tenderloin neighborhood in San Francisco. Apparently, according to this report, the directives would amend the prosecutor's treatment of bail, drug-free zones, and diversion programming, all potentially boosting the time a defendant remains behind bars. So it looks like, under Brooke Jenkins, that especially when it deals with uh, drugs and such, uh, she's going to be really tough on crime, unlike her predecessor. Here's her quote from yesterday. She said, again, Brooke Jenkins, the new DA in San Francisco, quote, on my watch, the DA's office is going to take these cases seriously. We are dealing with a public health crisis with regards to fentanyl, and no longer are we going to be giving a free pass to people who sell that drug in San Francisco. Applause, applause for Brooke Jenkins. I love it. This is what prosecutors are supposed to do. This is what district attorneys are supposed to do. This is what attorneys general are supposed to do. Enforce the law. And abide by the penalties that are prescribed for breaking those laws. So I I applaud her. I I just think uh, that's that's wonderful, and we'll let's see, let's monitor this and uh, see if it helps clean up the situation there in San Francisco, especially there in the Tenderloin district. San Francisco is always. I mean, I I grew up in Southern California. It was a long trip to come up to San Francisco, but we'd we'd come up every once in a while. Of course, it's a beautiful city and. And uh, you, you visit the Crooked Street, and you, you visit uh, you have some of the greatest seafood and chowder in the world there and such. Uh, and as an adult of late over the past 20 years ago, I, we had a friend that lived in San Francisco. We'd visit him from time to time, and once in a while we'd go to the theater. I saw uh, Phantom of the Opera there. Uh, with my wife uh, many, many years ago. No, Actually, we took uh, some friends of ours as well. However, of late, I just had no interest with, with all of the horrible things going on in the streets and the decay and the way that the lack of law enforcement has destroyed many parts of that city. I have no desire to go there. Now, when I was working for the state, uh, I was often at the Presidio for uh, meetings there with uh, FEMA and uh, with other uh, state and federal agencies. And, and uh, I had a health issue that required me to go to UCSF. So we had to travel to UCSF on a fairly regular basis for... Uh, um, some treatments and such. So been in San Francisco a lot. It, it though, has really decayed from the last time that, uh, that I was there. So applause, kudos to Brooke Jenkins. You're doing what you're supposed to do, and uh, the Mike Douglas Show applauds you. Keep it up, and we will watch with great interest what happens uh, in the future. Again, uh, D.A. Brooke, Jenkins, I think, doing a doing a great job. Now, I'm sure you've heard switching into monkeypox mode here, that not only has the governor of California decided that monkeypox, even though it's a intsy wintsy, teeny uh part of the California population that's affected by monkeypox, he has seen fit to declare A state of emergency. Well, what a day later, Joe Biden declares monkeypox a public health emergency. Stand by to stand by. I can't wait to see what type of restrictions are going to be enforced now. Health and Human uh, Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra, who California donated uh, to the Biden administration, he issued the declaration and he said in a conference call today that the move will allow for a quicker distribution of the monkeypox vaccine. And of course, CDC director Rochelle Walensky and uh, FDA commissioner Robert uh, Califf were on the call. Uh, Becerra saying, "I will be declaring a public health emergency on monkeypox. We're taking our response to the next level. We sh- every all everybody in America should take." Quote, monkeypox seriously. Well, how about those 97% of men who are spreading monkeypox? Are they taking it seriously? The rest of us wouldn't have to take it so seriously if they were taking it seriously. And what about the 98% of them? that are in the gay and bisexual community, are they taking this seriously? If they were taking it seriously, you and I wouldn't have to take it so seriously, and maybe we wouldn't have to have a state of emergency in California and uh, a declaration by the President of the United States. This uh, just—and, of course, the the spin, Dr. Walensky from the CDC starts to spin the numbers— there are 1.6 to 1.7 million people who are at the highest risk of contracting monkeypox. And she reiterated that homosexual men, namely those who are HIV positive, appear to have the highest chance, the highest chance. So this is a prediction. This is not a statistical reality. And so well, who else, from the, aside from California, then, New York, Illinois, uh, World Health Organization, they're all declaring emergencies. Um, and, uh, in fact, the, the head of the World Health Organization, Mr. Tedros, who's the rest of his name I can't pronounce, reportedly overruled an expert advisory committee to make the declaration on June 24. So apparently he was reluctant to make that, uh, that declaration there internationally. So there we go. And I I can, uh, let's see. Oh, let's get some reaction here. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida said he's going to resist declaring an emergency for monkeypox, asserting that such policies like the mandates and lockdowns around COVID-19 are designed to create a climate of fear. Not clear if any other Republican governors will follow his lead. Here's a quote from him. He says, I'm so sick of politicians, and we saw this with COVID, trying to sow fear into the population. We are not doing fear. I like that. We are not doing fear. I think that that's a... Remember the days of bumper stickers? Don't do that anymore. Well, I see some people that do it, but, you know, bumpers are no longer metal And it's not really wise to put stickers on your bumpers at this point. Anyway, uh, DeSantis also saying, I like that. We are not doing fear. I'm writing that down. I wonder if he's copyrighted that. We are not doing fear. Here on the Mike Douglas Show, we are not doing fear. I love it. Uh, Another quote from uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida. You see some of these states declaring states of emergency, They're going to abuse those powers to restrict your freedom. True, true words, Governor DeSantis. He says, I guarantee to you that's what will happen. And you see, that's my point with the governor of California. He still hasn't given up that declaration about COVID-19. A governor hanging on to that has a lot of unfettered power that he or she ought not have. And here we go again. Are we going to face lockdowns again? Are we going to do damage to more children by putting unrealistic restrictions on them because of the possibility that they might contract monkeypox? By the way, they say, whoever they are, the virus, the monkeypox virus, by the way, they keep telling us it is not a sexually transmitted disease like an STD, but it appears that it, the way it's being transmitted is through sexual behavior. Anyway, the virus, they say, may cause a fever, body aches, chills, fatigues, and pimple-like bumps on many parts of the body. Uh, pictures I've seen, those are a lot bigger than pimples. In my opinion, I remember from being a teenager what a pimple that was like. Those are not pimples. Uh, the United States saw its first case of monkeypox on May 18. And they're now saying that there are uh, about 5,800 5, confirmed infections in the whole United States of America. 5,800 infections. To my knowledge, nobody's died of it yet and yet we're doing a, a declaration, a presidential declaration. Scientists say that max Vest vaccinations against monkeypox really won't be needed. Well, that if that's true, why are we doing the emergency declarations to have more vaccinations? Good night. Does it ever stop? Mike Douglas' show continues in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360. KFIV, hang in there. We'll be back.
0: Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from three till five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we. We wade through the myriad of uh, topics that affect you and me, ultimately, right here in California's Central Valley. It all comes home to roost at some point. All that's happening around the world, we are affected by it one way or another. And so I just want to put a footnote on uh, on an AP report about monkeypox. Uh, I want to read this just before uh, the the break i read this i want to make sure that uh, i read it in full scientists say that mass vac- vaccinations scientists say that mass vaccinations against monkeypox won't be needed and that targeted use of available doses along with other measures could be enough to shut down expanding epidemics so apparently mass vaccinations are not needed, according to the scientific community. Although, as we've learned, the scientific community is never 100% in agreement. Let me do a quick uh, quick survey here on the Mike Douglas Show. Um, I'm just wondering about percentages and, and such. Do you know anyone who has monkeypox? And, and I don't mean... Do you, you know, I've heard of someone, or or no, Do, do you know, do you actually know someone who has contracted monkeypox? I'd like to know, generally, geographically, where they are, and the symptoms, because I don't know anybody with monkeypox, and yet we have a state of emergency here in California, the... White House Joe Biden is making a presidential declaration about monkeypox. I would think someone if 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 they're right in issuing those declarations then it must be a bigger thing than I'm thinking about and I'm wondering do any of you know anyone in your sphere of influence socially or at work whatever Extended family, do you know anyone, I don't want their names, but I would be interested where the location is, that has monkeypox? 209-551-3483. Again, I'd really be interested to know. 209-551-3483. All right, did you, uh, have you heard? We were talking about Governor uh, DeSantis a few moments ago. Uh, We will not do fear. I like that quote. We're not going to do fear here on the Mike Douglas Show either. Because fear, and, and if you look at it, you look at the history of how governments use fear, fear is designed to have control over people. It's designed to keep them in check. It's uh, designed to uh, keep them within the boundaries that you you want them in. Fear is something that is used by authoritarian uh, governmental agencies and, and governments. Uh, fear is a powerful tool. And f- there's a principle in my worldview of fear, no evil. Now, you say, well, Mike, does that mean, for example, when you were a cop that if you went into a dark alley and there was a suspect there, you had no fear? Uh, no, I'm. I think that's a different kind of thing. It, it's it's aware of the risk, the risk factors, being aware of that. Uh, out and out fear. I don't know that I've ever had out and out fear. I've had apprehensions. I've had. Uh, I I've talked. I've thought about risks involved in certain things. I'm not into being afraid of things. I'm really not. But I I do believe that both in California and in Washington, D.C. right now, that a lot of this, in terms of these emergency declarations, has to do with fear as it is applied to monkeypox. And again, if you know someone who has had, has, or has monkeypox, would you please call? I'd, I'd love to know generally what geographical area they're in and what the symptoms were or are. I mean, if this is so widespread, we have to do a declaration here in California and in Washington, D.C. It must be huge, don't you think? To have declarations in New York and Illinois and California and from the President of the United States, it must be a big deal. Somebody must know somebody with monkeypox in our audience here, 209-551-3483, if you know someone, I mean, no, legitimately know someone, I'd like to hear from you. Now, while you're thinking about that, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, wow, I did, did you hear about what he did today? This is absolutely astounding to me. Uh, let, let me just play his uh, a clip from his press conference, and then I'll fill you in on the details.
2: The Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor, not in individual state attorneys. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty, uh, you have neglected your duty, and you are displaying a lack of competence Uh, to be able to reform those duties. And so today, we are suspending state attorney Andrew Warren. Effective immediately.
1: Wow. Governor DeSantis suspended the state attorney. Wow. That, to me, is amazing. Uh, he, He suspended a state prosecutor... Who has who has vowed not to enforce laws rated to abortion related to abortion. And uh, here, here's the here's uh, got a message here Vote DeSantis. yes. Governor Ron DeSantis dis, uh, suspended state attorney Andrew Warren of the 13th Judicial Circuit due to neglect of duty. the guy was saying I'm not good. I'm not going to enforce state laws. And so DeSantis basically says, if you're not going to enforce the laws that are on the books, you're not going to stay in your position. So apparently, this uh, state attorney named Andrew Warren and some other prosecutors signed a document in June that said, enforcing abortion bans runs counter to the obligations and interests we are sworn to uphold. Well, that's a lie because when you in a state and in a city or a county in anyone who is sworn to uphold the law, you raise your hand and you promise to defend the state constitution. And, and you promise to to defend the laws of the state. That's what you do as a public official. That's your job. And and but, but now you see we have many of these Soros-funded DAs funding their campaigns across the nation and attorneys general who uh, who are saying, we don't care about what the law says. We don't care about what our constitutions say. This is what we're going to do, and you can't make us not do it. Well, Governor DeSantis is saying, well, I can make you toe the line you're suspended. You're gone. So, uh, there, by the way, this was not a mass uh, signing of, of many attorneys in Florida. A state attorney signing the document apparently was a, a few. Uh, so, one Florida law bars doctors from performing abortions during the third trimester or after a fetus achieves viability. Another law in Florida bans abortions with exceptions after a fetus reaches 15 weeks of age. That's the law. And if you're a police officer, if you're a a DA, if you're a prosecutor in the DA's office, if you're an attorney general, you don't have the option of not enforcing the law. That is your job. And DeSantis says that this state attorney, uh, Mr. Warren, has put himself, quote, has put himself publicly above the law. And apparently uh, DeSantis was also saying how uh, Warren's office has avoided prosecuting people who commit misdemeanors like resisting arrest without violence, stating that the policies are not, quote, a proper exercise of prosecutorial discretion. There's some word salad for you. A a state attorney is not prosecuting uh, crimes, misdemeanors committed against police officers because or and that really means committed against the state because it's not a proper exercise of prosecutorial discretion. And it also usurps the authority of the Florida legislature by not enforcing uh, the law. I this is wonderful. I love this. So uh, Governor DeSantis appointed uh, Susan Lopez to replace Mr. Warren while his suspension is in place. Now, uh, Lopez was appointed by DeSantis in 2021 as a judge in Hillsborough County Court, and she previously served as an assistant prosecutor in the 13th Judicial Circuit, where uh, she will be serving now. Don't you love that? Doesn't that give you some hope that there are governors in the United States of America who say, listen, AGs, listen, state attorneys, listen, DAs, if you're not going to do your job, you're going to be suspended. We will replace you and have someone else do your job who's willing to do what you were sworn to do, and that is uphold the law. I love it. This brings me great joy today. It brings me great hope that there are people out there willing to take a stand. All right. We'll, uh, we'll talk more about this. And by the way, did you know that Toys R Us is being resurrected? Right here in Modesto even. Yeah. And as we, I don't know how many days it is until Christmas, But uh, as we get into the fall, of course, uh, all the Christmas advertisements will come out, even before Halloween, as it is now. And apparently Toys R Us is sprouting up again. We'll talk about it in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360
0: KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, by the way, a quick note for those of you in the South Modesto area if you're familiar with uh, Dallas Street uh, there in South Modesto, it's actually in the unincorporated area of the county there. Uh, the Sheriff's Department apparently is looking for a wanted person. South Falls County Sheriff saying, uh, "If you're in the area of the 1600 block of Dallas Street, stay inside, secure your property. If you're already there, and um, make sure uh, you stay safe while the deputies do what uh, what they need to do." All right, coming up on uh, by the I, these are these are two headlines that maybe don't go with each other very well. Household debt. Has hit 16 trillion in the United States of America. That's up 46 billion and 233 million in new credit cards. Uh, That's the largest increase in credit card debt in 23 years. They say that 61% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. So, with that happy thought, Toys R Us is making a comeback. And it's making a comeback, apparently, in Macy's stores. In uh, let's see, in the Arden Fair Mall in in Sacramento, there. Let's see how they're going to have twenty five hundred square feet at the Arden Fair Mall in in Sacramento, and uh, also uh, story of uh, Toys R Us will have uh, some square footage in uh, Vintage Fair Mall, in Modesto as well, and also in Fashion Fair in Fresno. So they're saying by October, which, uh, which is the time when the big Christmas buying starts, all of Macy's, uh, more than 500 stores, will have a Toys R Us pop-up. So parents and grandparents, does that make you happy or apprehensive? Uh, well, for the most part, these toy sections uh, <laughs> by uh, Toys R Us are going to be small, running from 1,000 to 300 square feet. Now, the Toys R uss of the past were about 30,000 square feet, so it's going to be uh, uh, quite smaller. Uh, however, they say uh, there's going to be a big presence of Toys R Us in the Macy's uh, big stores, the flagship stores, in Union Square in San Francisco and at the Valley Fair Mall in San Jose as well as New York, Chicago, and LA. And those uh, big cities Toys R Us in within the Macy's stores can be up to about 10,000 square feet. So there you go. Uh, I I'd be honest with you. I I spent some time in in Toys R Us when our children were small, but n- but not a lot of time. I don't know uh, I was, I'm always sad to see any business go out of business. And I believe the problem with Toys R Us is, uh, they, they took it private and they had to go bankrupt. So it was mismanagement on, on the corporate level. I always, I, I don't like seeing any business. Well, let me rephrase. I was going to say, I don't like to see any business go out of business, I don't mind if strip clubs go out of business. I'll be honest with you. And I'm not really worried if a lot of the cannabis places go out of business. I know some of you will will take issue with that, but I'm just being very honest. I'm telling you that it's just honestly the way I feel. But other, basically other than that, unless the business is doing unhealthy things, uh, unproductive things that, uh, don't help society i don't like to see businesses fail i don't care what they are in general and so it's very sad to see toys r us uh, go the way of the buffalo there for a while but i'm glad to see that uh, glad to see that they're coming back walmart apparently may have 200 corporate jobs uh 200 cor- 200 corporate jobs are going to uh disappear and here's, uh, here's something worrisome. And again, my wife and I just uh, were, were on uh, flights back to Arlington, Virginia. They're estimating that there will be a pilot shortage next year. It's from between 9,000 to 12,000 pilots, plus mechanics. You need both. <laughs> you want to make sure you have good mechanics that are on duty as well. And I'm not really surprised at this. My wife talked to uh, some Southwest uh, pilots when we were on our interesting uh, journey. And one of them had just uh, lateraled over to Southwest and was finishing his probation time. And uh, he said, if, if, you're, uh, if you're qualified to be a commercial pilot, uh, he felt that Southwest has some of the best pilots there are. Now, I've got a friend or two uh, who are United Pilots, and uh, they may take issue with that. I'm just I'm just reporting what they said. He, he feels that Southwest has a very good program, that they treat their pilots very well. Uh, but he said, you, you can pretty much write your ticket right now, and he made the point. And, and this underscores the, the probable truth of the shortage of between 9,000 to 12,000 pilots short next year. He was saying that as someone who was just finishing his training and finishing his probation, he actually had some seniority now. Believe it or not, and uh, so that uh, that's that's concerning, and we wonder why flights are being canceled. Uh, we wonder why uh, there are so many delays. Well, part of it is that uh, that pilot shortage. Then, how about let's deal with pilot shortages instead of monkeypox. That seems to me that it would uh, address a lot more folks uh, that, uh, for, for business as well as uh, the leisure industry as well. Talking about, uh, again, congratulations to the new DA in San Francisco, Ms. Jenkins, and uh, the wonderful job so far that, that she is doing. Here's a not-so-wonderful job. A report here out of New York City. They're reporting that 716 people in New York City are responsible for 30% of the crimes. What does that mean? It means they're repeat offenders. Why we need to vote wisely in November 2022. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow for What's on Your Mind Friday, tomorrow at 3 on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a great evening.